Grace, mercy, and peace from God the Father and the Lord Jesus Christ, our Savior. Amen. Today we'll meditate on the first epistle of St. John's Gospel, chapter 3, verse 1. Behold what manner of love the Father has bestowed on us, that we should be called the children of God. This is the Word of God. In the name of our Savior Jesus Christ, the name which is above every name, dear friends in Christ. English surnames can real, reveal a lot about a family's background if you know a little bit about them. There are four basic types. There are the patronymic surnames like Miller or, or rather like Thompson or Williamson, son of Tom, son of William. Occupational surnames like uh, Tanner or Barber that tell the kind of work your ancestors were involved in. Then there are the geographic surnames like Carlisle or Kent or York that say where your people came from. There are also descriptive surnames like Armstrong or Goodman that tell you about a certain quality or characteristic that presumably one of your ancestors had. For a beginning genealogist, simply knowing someone's last name can get them quite a ways along the process of finding out more about a person's origins. What does your name reveal? Some names mean a lot, and some names perhaps have meanings that are lost in obscurity. But there's one name that belongs to you that means more than any other, and that is much more revealing. It's a name you share with every other true believer in Jesus Christ, child of God. In our text for today, the Apostle John describes with wonder just how precious that amazing name is. So maybe your life's been a little humdrum lately. Perhaps you've been missing the kind of fire and vision that ought to be in a Christian life. Maybe you've been taking the name child of God a bit for granted. All of that's about to change because in our text for today, the Apostle John tells us child of God is the most revealing name of all. Scholars have often remarked how the Apostle Paul seems to dwell on the doctrine of justification, how we are saved, while the Apostle John, particularly in his first epistle, seems to dwell on sanctification or the purity of a Christian life. But those two obviously are not mutually exclusive, just the opposite, in fact, they're always found together. Justifying faith is never without the resultant fruits of faith, and a pure sanctified life can never spring from any other soil than justifying faith in Christ. So we're not surprised to find the Apostle John in this third chapter of his first epistle describing a very close relationship between the faith that justifies us and the kind of Christian life the Lord expects us to lead. In fact, both those truths are encapsulated in that beautiful name our Heavenly Father has given us. For among the many names in this world, child of God is the most revealing name of all. And the main thing it reveals is how much our Father loves us. Behold what manner of love the Father has bestowed on us that we should be called children of God. In that word, behold, is a note of wonder and love. 
As if the Apostle John were saying to us, if you want to see something amazing, just take a look at this. What a profound, almost unknowable kind of love is revealed by this precious name that our Heavenly Father has given us, child of God. Martin Luther said, to understand this verse correctly is to sink down in adoration before it. It is beyond all comprehension. What's so amazing about that name? The world doesn't think it's amazing. Not long ago, I heard a U.S. senator say in a television interview that we are all the children of God, every human being. But that's not true. It isn't our mere humanity that qualifies us for this exalted status. Judged on that basis, it'd be more accurate to say we are none of us the children of God at least not by nature, because ever since the fall into sin in the Garden of Eden, every human being has been born into this world sinful and corrupt. By nature, they are the children of Satan, not of God. And such were you and I, my friends, before the Lord worked saving faith in our hearts. In chapter 1 of his Gospel, the Apostle John tells us who the real children of God are, but as many as received him, Jesus Christ, to them he gave the right to become the children of God, to those who believe in his name. You were born again and became a new creature. You were given new life and a new name to go with that life, child of God. When exactly did that happen, by the way? When did God bestow upon you this amazing name of love? By the way, that word bestow is in the Greek perfect tense, and our theology students today could tell you what that means. The Greek perfect tense is like a point with an arrow attached to it. It describes an important event that took place in your past, but that has profound ongoing results that reach right into the present day and beyond. What was that miraculous event in your past? It was your baptism. Paul says to us believers, you are all sons of God through faith in Christ Jesus. For as many of you as were baptized into Christ have put on Christ. On the day of your baptism, you became a child of God. You joined the company of the saints, those saved believers from the beginning of time until now, who have called upon the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, who have trusted alone in the blood he shed on Calvary, for the free forgiveness of their sins. So yes, a name can say a lot about a person. Sometimes what it says is bad. How would you like to be remembered as Ethelred the Unready? I'm not making that up. He's an actual king of England from the 11th century who's principally remembered because his lack of preparedness allowed his country to be overrun by the Danes. Thank God. You have a wonderful name, a name that says a lot about you, but says even more about the loving God you worship. For you are a child of God, and that's the most revealing name of all. Amen. We conclude this morning with hymn number 725.